hey, you want to lead in the ball industry, you should be able to get basic ball facts. Anyway, what is up, people? How you living? No putts given. Golf Spy T, Golf Spy C, we're back. Wearing a very, very bland, yet Colorado-appropriate ping hat. Tony, where'd you manage to snag that one from? What, uh... This came from the store. Just the store. Yeah? I didn't make this. (laughs) This is a real hat. Hey, Fusca. It's, uh... (laughs) It's Fuzga. a Fuzga. It's a uh that's gotta be one of those metric football things, right? F U S G A. Speaking of which, chief on everybody's mind, yes, you've heard stuff about ball rollback. Um first reported, Mike Statura, colleague over at Golf Digest. Um been in the business a long time. First uh reporting some things via Martin Slumbers, uh, RNA. In fact, his last name is Slumbers, slumbering, being asleep at the wheel. I have some thoughts on that. But anyway, just quickly, Tony, let's spend a couple of minutes. What what do we know right now? Again, what don't we know? There's a lot yeah, of we're I mean I I trust Mike's reporting on this entirely. So you know, we're we're waiting for some details in terms of like some feedback from the manufacturers on real world implications once they rerun some calculations with the hard details. But you know, as we as we talked about back in March, was it when they kind of first announced that they were going to move forward with a rollback? Uh, they're going to change some stuff to the test parameters. Basically, test at a higher speed, keep distance the same uh, at the time. And here's kind of where the monkey wrench got thrown into everything. They were adamant that, you know, they have data that says, look, there's no distance problem at the amateur level. We don't need to do anything there. So let's, we're going to do a model local rule, AKA bifurcation. So that in professional and elite amateur events, uh, the tournament committee can, and would be expected to, Leverage the rule for a world back golf ball. That's what we thought yep. was going to happen. That's what they told us was going to happen. Here we are. And the one little change to that is we decided bifurcation is really bad. And so we're going to roll back the golf ball for everybody. So they are effectively, you know, timetable like they have done with wedges and other things. But uh, the clock is ticking on the current golf balls. If this happens as planned, uh, everything on the shelves right now will be or nearly everything will be obsolete and non-conforming by 2030 and 2028 for the professionals. Ridiculous. Yeah. Just so stupid. There stupid, are... stupid, head up the butt, like just tone deaf. Golf has never been better in my lifetime, right? A lot of interest, new golfers, women, juniors, the whole COVID influx. And now we're going to be like, it's been fun guys, but we're going to, we're going to, you know, roll you back a few, mm-hmm. a few yards. And it's, that's the thing I think, you know, we'll jump into this real quick, but that gets, that's been lost. We're talking about, well, if we take X amount of yards from the driver and for the tour, it's going to be likely. What we're hearing is 15 ish yards, call it, right? Yeah. Plus Something or minus 15, 14, 15 amateurs plus or minus eight. Uh, that's on a driver. And guess what? You're going to lose Right. Basically, you're going to lose comparable distance throughout your bag, probably right up until you get into your scoring clubs. So this is not just a, shorter. You're hit your I mean, it's so it's not just hey, I'm going to be shorter off the tee, and that's that. You're going to be shorter no. through the bag, and it's, right. you know, it's again, I, I I cannot find any rational argument other than two sets of rules are very hard, <laughs> and people don't like it. Come on, come yeah. on. Every other sport has managed, right? Jesus Christ. They have, and, and, you know, the like I said, we'll we'll discuss the particulars once we have the particulars. We don't have any specifics, and that's the, you know, later today, or if it hasn't already come out, we're expecting information, um, you know, uh, to have already hit the manufacturers. So they have some idea in terms of public 
declarations again expecting that to be today at some point if it's already hit it's because we recorded this earlier and i can't totally see the future so yeah so i mean what's going to happen is the the manufacturers again they have a pretty good idea what it's going to look like but they'll get the official numbers on what we what the usga and rna have settled on for speed launch and spin conditions they'll be able to feed Mm -hmm. that into your models and get a good sense of you know, broad strokes, right? Because sure. we're not all the same, but how much right. given golfers at a given swing speed would potentially lose here? Mm-hmm. What what balls on the shelves now mm-hmm. might be conforming? So I, I talked to Titleist this morning and they believe that maybe, maybe the Pinnacle Soft might pass, might. They said probably wouldn't submit it because it'd be too close. So you'd have to go back all the way to Bellata to find a current uh, Titleist or a Kushnet model, no word on the Union Green stuff, um, <laughs> that actually would conform to what we think this yeah. new standard is going to be. And so that's going to be similar to to every other manufacturer. Like you're going right. to, no, you're clearing out the, sh- yeah, almost anything that, none, most anything that you play right now yeah, is, or would want is not going to play. work in the future. Yeah. No, no. So like I said, TBD on that, there's going to be a lot of questions and a little bit later in the after show today, if you want to stick around, we're going to put forth kind of what our top questions are to be answered. And again, full disclosure, maybe they will answer some of these uh, uh, prior to this coming out. But nonetheless, these are things that we want to get information and good information on, not not conjecture, not just knee-jerk responses and stuff, but actual, uh, you know, data real information um a lot of things are being thrown around so anywho that's a big one uh what's not in the bag hey scotty scheffler won hero world challenge i know there are like 20 people but um you know tiger finished still counts. 20. still counts i it's a lot like uh our club championship where i want to say there's like doesn't 14. count no it does it, oh. well <laughs> counts for, it's fair but bragging rights bragging but my point is Tiger finished in the top 20. I don't care. There were only 20 players or whatever. Still top 20 finished. Like in my club championship, we had 14 people in the champ flight two years ago. I think I finished like 10th. So I told my wife, I was one of the top 10 players at the club. So, hey, you, you know, anyway, um, Scotty Scheffler, nothing really unique throughout his bag as he's, you know, Titleist, or I'm sorry, TaylorMade. TaylorMade mm-hmm. throughout the bag other than Titleist Ball. And a Logan Olson putter. First okay. week, first week with Logan Olson putter in the bag, and he wins. Yes, I know he, he had his strokes gained wasn't great on the last day in particular. However, I think that's kind of interesting, Tony. Interesting to you or no? Sample size of one. We'll see. I mean, right, we, it's been a while, I think, since we've had like a boutique putter brand creep up into the conversation and make some noise. So in, in whatever what level saying. noise a boutique butter brand can make. but That's what I'm saying, though, is it's plenty of tried, plenty of failed. Some have gotten into bags at times and, you know, on a very limited basis. Yeah, Tyson Lamb was in, I think, Jimmy Walker's bag for about 28 minutes. Um, you know, there've been little dabblings here and there, but it's no surprise that last year on tour, Scotty Scheffler, T to green had an absolutely phenomenal year. However, he really struggled on the greens, uh, particularly in the second half of the season. And so to me, could be a confidence thing. It could be anything, but if this ends up helping him and his ball striking stays consistent with where it's been. There's going to be no shortage of uh, marketing opportunities for one Logan Olson because his putter is going to get seen a lot because Scotty Scheffler is going to be in the mix in a lot of tournaments and probably some pretty important uh, tournaments moving forward. I thought that was cool. The other thing I thought was cool, Joaquin Neiman, ping guy, my little ping hat to remind me of this, Marty Jertson, who is... <sighs> Ping guy, engineer, leader, VP of stuff, or whatever is actual. I'm uh, just making it up at this point. I'm totally sure. making it up. But he posted, <laughs> uh, he has podcast with Shane Bacon, both, again, two guys you and I both, I think, really, really enjoy and, and like listening to. Anyway, 
Ping, in his bag, a couple things Barty pointed out. 45 and 3 quarter inch driver. So he's playing 45 3 quarter inch driver. A 5 hybrid in that kind of 4 iron area. A 5 and a 4, but it works. And a 7 wood. Love it. Of those, of those three, which is most surprising to you? What was the middle one? I think the five hybrid. That's yeah. the five hybrid in the four iron yeah, slot. So yeah. you don't see that a lot on 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 the men's tours for sure. Yeah. Seven wood, rule. we know. Those those have been creeping up here and there. It's not, you know, forty five and three quarters. Not crazy length for a driver. Mm-hmm. Maybe a bit longer than the tour average, but not insanity. Mm-hmm. Can't five go hybrid. much longer. Can't go much longer anyway. Can't go to forty six and a half anyway. So because those guys made a rule. Uh, Made a rule. Yeah, how's Made that a rule. impacted anything? Jesus. <laughs> Here's, I, I agree. I like that. The, the one that jumped out to me right away was the the driver length, only because we talked about accuracy, distance, those type of things, and um, you know, we know that Ping generally has some of the higher MOI values when we test clubs. They tend to be some of the more accurate, straighter. Uh, uh, drivers in particular, right? MOI, especially heel toe MOI, is something that Ping hangs their hat on. So thinking, well, maybe if you have a club that's a little bit more forgiving, can you make it a little bit longer? Get another mile or two hour of club head speed without sacrificing accuracy. I don't know. Maybe you can. There's an app for that. There is an app for that. We'll talk about that too. So that stuff uh, is going on there. It's trending, Tony. There's still trending things. I want you to tell me, is John Rahm going to live golf? Boy, I don't know. Is he going? This it is getting lost like he in... wasn't, and then it was like, <laughs> I felt like last week he definitely was, and then nothing kind of came of it. And so, like, I, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, obviously, if if he did, it would be the most significant get for – for live by plenty uh, big hit to the PGA tour. And he's got, you know, with the, with all the stuff with the, the, the world rankings, he's got a runway. He's got time where he can, you know, he, he's going to qualify for everything for the next little while anyway. So conceivably, uh, but at the same time, he was, he was a big live detractor, right? Not a real tournament, that kind of thing. Three days, shotgun, whatever, whatever you want to take, Pretty much anything you can take objection to, he took <laughs> a shot format, at yeah. somewhere along the way. So, yeah. you know, maybe he walks it back and maybe it just goes, yeah, all true. But, you know, the rumored number is $600 million. Right. Some of that could be equity stuff. Yeah. We've heard, yeah, again, the rumors, $300 million is like, hey, payable over the next however many years as chunk payments and then equity ownership opportunities, things like that, blah, blah, blah. It, you know you get the quandary, right? And again, you can go back and forth and, and no doubt, uh, uh, I believe Alan Shipnuck and, and Phil, um, who haven't always some back seen and eye forth to, there. They haven't seen, they haven't seen eye to eye on some things. Um, but had a little Twitter spat over that where these are all kind of like, you know, little subtext to this. Like if Rom does end up going and that's initially what, uh, Alan Shipnuck reported was that it was being told by Phil to others that it was kind of a done deal. If that proves to be true, you know, what does that uh, uh, essentially look like? You know, in terms of credibility stuff, again, you can't pay for this kind of drama on Netflix. You can't get this from your daily soap opera, Tony. We got ball rollbacks we got uh, other trends we have rom going places i mean what a deal what a deal what a, oh i have children that are home uh eating lunch i would imagine embargo season still tony let's talk embargoes where'd we go last week where were we it's been a whirlwind well, we went uh san diego and then phoenix right i think that's i think that seems uh I think it seems reasonable. 
Titleist we... slash Vokey, Ping, we didn't see PXG, chuckle, chuckle. <laughs> Not can we say anything about that stuff that we saw? I mean, I, I mean, not much. I mean, look the the G four thirty Max ten K is on the USGA conforming list, so yes, yeah, it is. We can say that we saw it, we hit it, um, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't. If you're familiar with calendars and how they work, and when re- equipment <laughs> is released, you can probably figure out the Vokey timeline without a ton of insight from me. Connect those dots. Connect those dots. I will say this, though. Um, I learned a couple things, irrespective of any products, we're not talking profit, but about wedge fitting that we may discuss a little later that I thought was very interesting. So we might have to tease a couple nuggets there. And then tomorrow, or yesterday, as the case may be, we'll be in South one of the Carolinas. I think it's South <laughs> Carolina. Don't get me going on this again. I, yeah. Why do they both have cities with the same names and not just one or two? Like, I know. Why can't we just have one Carolina? It's like they just cut, like it was two pieces of paper. They rubbed them together and just unfolded them. In there. <laughs> <laughs> but we're headed out to, uh, we're headed out to TaylorMade. What, what are you hoping for out of this? We've talked about this with some of What are we expecting to see, discuss? What are some of our key questions? Yeah, I, boy, uh, I, I love the timing on this one as it so happens, right? I mean, we'll, mm-hmm. we'll be with the TaylorMade ball team <laughs> as as this announcement goes, uh, becomes official and public and things like that. So be interesting to talk to those guys, see how much they're willing to say initially. Because mm-hmm. uh, that's always tricky as everybody figures out how much noise they, they want to make about this. But mm-hmm. you know, TaylorMade did the survey. We shared it way back in, again, March. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, yep. don't, I don't think I don't think TaylorMade is going to be, yeah, we got this five-piece golf ball. We can't wait to roll it back and, and make it play slower than anything we've ever made. Right. Um, yeah. So I, I can't imagine there's a lot of excitement there. But so looking forward to that piece of it. And again, knowing how calendars work and how long products have been on the shelves and what it means when, when certain models get discounted, I think you can extrapolate what we might be seeing at a golf ball plant down there. Uh-huh. So obviously excited to check out the new stuff and, and see, again, we've talked about the tailor made balls a lot, both kind of the stuff that we saw in the ball test and just some things about, you know, where they sit next to each other on a relative performance basis and things like that. So, yeah, I think I'm, um, Definitely really interested in seeing kind of how this has evolved, especially with, with three years. I mean, this is a three-year shelf life to make changes. So Right. Yes, yeah, so we, have, we have that piece, and then we'll see, like I said, the, again, things have been out on the conforming list, and we've seen pictures on tour in bags, uh, specifically the QI-10. Oh okay. yeah, I'm so focused on the golf ball. I'm not like, oh, <laughs> I know, and also I, drivers. Yeah, oh yeah, they make yeah. Also... <laughs> it's you know. So again, brief recap, right? This from what we've been able to ascertain again from the images from what's on USGA conforming list. Still a carbon face, from what we can tell. Not red appears to be at least blue. Although uh, you know, however, in the past they've offered any number of um you know custom options and, and stuff down the road but my biggest question is what's different well, right what, what's what's cue on it <laughs> i mean not a stealth i guess because the the two areas where you know in terms of both uh, anecdotal feedback but also talking with a lot of others in the industry is one I want to know what they did to address potentially performance on off-center hits in variable conditions. Again, I know with carbon face things are a, a little bit different, but you have to account for behavior with moisture, right? You have to account for, again, just bulge and roll and performance on off-center strikes. And I think even with Stealth 2, um, probably wasn't exactly where they wanted to get to. Uh, in, in that regard, and there were durability issues. Um, so I would imagine that they have really, really good answers. Uh, we're not going to be the first people to ask those questions. Well, uh, we might be a new product, I mean... maybe, maybe. But I, I, 
I don't think we're telling them anything or asking them questions that they haven't already thought about, I guess oh, yeah. would be, yeah, would be sure. my point. So that's what it's, I, it's very rare that we find something or, you know, others in the industry find something that the manufacturers don't already know about. So. Right. Right. Regardless of what others say, Oh my gosh. You know, <laughs> you know like, Oh, that's interesting. You, you found that out. Um, yeah, that tends to, uh, kind of tends to be the case. So those are the things that I'm kind of looking for. And then, uh, like you said, what an interesting time to be down there. If and when the USG announcement does come down and, and, uh, man, Taylor made from what you and I have both seen in the last call it three years, since they launched the uh, current generation of golf balls, they have put in a lot of resources to trying to develop a better golf ball, right? From the outside, from what we can tell, it sure looks like they have doubled down on their efforts to find a better way to make a better golf ball. And, uh, yeah. (laughs) Now make it worse. Not make it worse. They didn't put in. Make the ball nobody wants. To track man, I mean. Trackman range, arrow uh, testing environment, like in the you know, indoor test range, um, buying ball factories, which I believe they've done, or at least investing in however you want to term it. Yeah, no. But bought one strongly, are a big investor in another, and of course they have the, the plant in. I think we've decided South Carolina is the final answer. That's where I'm going. We'll see. We'll All see right. if you make it there. All right. <laughs> Uh, yeah it's fine it's fine it's all fine it's all fine it's all fine so we'll see how that goes anyway anything pop up on the conforming list recently tony and and again maybe just quick recap what is the conforming list since that's a a a usga uh thing yeah it's a list of equipment cleared for tournament play very simply, right? According and you to have to the resubmit every year, golf, right? Right. Any new model you need to resubmit. If it's a golf ball and you want to keep it current, you have to, or, you know, anything else, right? And you're going to keep it on the list, especially in the golf ball mm-hmm. space, excuse me. So golf balls, you want to keep them on the list. You got to continue to pay to keep them there, which is why there is no such thing as a conforming Nike golf ball anymore. So, yeah. Side note. Simple version. Is. And, yeah, so every uh, – Every Monday or most Mondays, well, they update on Monday, and some Mondays you find new things. How's that? Hey, that's fine. Yeah, we saw uh, Callaway, speaking of golf balls and stuff, saw some new Callaway golfing balls hit the conforming list. What can we what can we say about those? What did we see in the pictures? What is it leading us to maybe think or believe or want to dig into a little bit more? Because this yeah. is... So, I mean, I think we deal. found a few different. So, I think we can... You know, the, the big change, right? We we see Chrome Tour, not Chrome Soft X, Chrome, and we have a stock Chrome Tour. Yep. Uh, again, no soft in the name. So, yeah, I think, you know, we can, we can't really talk about performance specification, but I can tell you, I think, I'm going to anyway, in case we need to clear anything up, that, you know, the, the Chrome Soft, what was the Chrome Soft lineup? will continue to have three models, or you can say two-in-one. So mm-hmm. uh, Chrome Soft X will become Chrome Tor X. Very similar characteristics, I think, is fair to, to say or speculate. Chrome yep. Tor, which is kind of the replacement for the LS, but is right. not a one-for-one replacement. This is going to be a performance spec that arguably Callaway hasn't had in the lineup in quite some time, so a little mm-hmm. different ball there. And then... You're going to get an updated Chrome Soft that will continue to be Chrome Soft. So instead of three balls in the Chrome Soft family, only the soft one <laughs> will be called Chrome Soft. The Hey-o. other two, the firm ones, instead of going with Chrome Firm, which I think is probably the right play, will just be yeah. Chrome Tour. So there you go. And then yeah, there were a couple others on the ball on the ball list as well that are mm-hmm. Chrome Tour family stuff. But I think it's you know, it's fair to call those, you know, probably uh, secret menu tour only offerings for now. Sure. Which everybody has, so, right? I yeah, mean, everybody absolutely. has some 
tour only offerings. What I'm going to be most interested. It is in not a these. better ball for tour players. It's a different no. ball for tour players. Bingo! It's they, all about performance spec. specs, right? Yeah. It's all about performance specs, and and tour players sometimes need things that are different than than you need or more precise. <laughs> more precise on the uh, launch and spin front. Yeah, which yeah, again makes sense. Um, what I'm primarily going to be interested to see with these is, like you said, very clear that the naming convention has changed. So what? What does that mean in terms of changes potentially to performance specifications? So if we see a Chrome Tour, right, and a Chrome Tour X, then what does that mean and where does this, you know, well, obviously once we can test the golf balls, get them in through ball lab, those, you know, those elements, but then also actually hitting them and seeing how they perform compared to other balls on the market. Um, you know, that's something, and it kind of feels again, I mean, naming conventions aside, this is kind of a, a line of demarcation again, I think for Callaway in the sense that dropping the name soft or that part of the name is huge and it kind of sets the stage for what does their real tour level ball franchise look like mean feel i don't think people should assume like i said that's just a continuation of things in the past i think i think it has to be treated as something entirely new yeah i i i think the name change i hope it makes a difference We've talked about this before in terms of like you look at actual sales numbers and say, hey, what is especially from a leading ball manufacturer? Like what is the most underappreciated golf ball in the market? Like You can make an argument. It's the Chrome Soft X. Like the, yeah. the market share on that is is low single digits. And mm -hmm. as tour balls go, like it's it's fast, it, mm -hmm. especially if you're looking for a higher spinning ball. Right. Like, yeah, it's. Yeah, it's it's kind of unique. It's a little bit different than what you find in in most lineups, but it's it's a really good golf ball. Uh -huh. No, From absolutely it is. Test well for us two generations now. I expect Chrome Tour X will be another good one. So it's just how does how does Callaway tap into that the the consumer that is in that Chrome Soft X demographic that's just yeah. kind of been like, no, nah, I'm good, thanks. Yeah, yeah. So. No, I feel you. Ditch the ass. How are Ditch those T350 irons going for you, Tony? Titles T350 irons. How are those going for you? Yeah, they work. I don't like that they work. Yeah, still not I loving know. the big irons, but like you can't <laughs> can't really argue. Like it's you one can't argue. Oh, I hate this. Like, my, yeah, yeah. It went long and it went straight, and I hate that. Oh, I can't hate that. <laughs> How am I supposed just... to play? But and that's always the fun thing of fitting. I wrote an article this week. Um, on my experience, similar fitting time that you went through and got the 350s. I ended up in a slightly different setup and wrote a little bit about that. I ended up in a little bit of a combo set as well in the 150s and a T200-500. Um, for me, it was kind of a case of sometimes you end up more or less where you thought you might end up, but maybe not for the reasons that you thought you would end up And sometimes you end up in a 350. <laughs> and, and sometimes... Uh, you do. So I have a, uh, again, I have kind of a nasty habit of, of flipping at impact and something I'm diligently working uh, on addressing. If I, you know, so when I compared the 100s and the 150s, I was getting very similar numbers in terms of ball speed and like kind of the dispersion, right? Front, back, left, white, you know, left, white, left, right, white, black, left, right, whatever. Uh, but the key difference was the 150s just launched a little bit lower, which is what I needed because my tendency is to flip a little and make them launch higher. So And I made the Jack Loft 350s, which everybody thinks are too strongly lofted. You know, if you don't really understand the difference between dynamic and static loft, I hit them super high like I needed to. So go figure on that one. Right? Yeah, and, you know, you can get into the minutiae of any club fitting process and certainly the more specific somebody or, you know, you know, specific performance characteristic that somebody's looking for, you can really get into those details. I mean, when we were talking with the Titus guys, right? Like Cameron Young was, you know, basically down to 
ah, man, this one is long. You know, the peak height was like, you know, three feet or three and a half feet, either too high or too low. And so, you know, you really had to address that peak height of 117 versus 120 or whatever the actual numbers were. Uh, it wasn't my situation. But at the risk of oversimplifying things, it was find your seven iron, get a great ideal launch trajectory, accept, and then take that and go down to the six iron. And if you can maintain five miles per hour of ball speed separation from the seven to the six in the same model, then you keep it. If you, know, you can't, weird, like, you change it. Everything we went through, right? Trying a lot of different things. We're leaning into the fitter's recommendations. Did did your fitter you worked with, you actually worked with Chris on your iron I did. Thing, right? Chris mm-hmm. worked yep. with Chris. At any yep. time during that fitting, did he say, you know, I think I think you would really benefit from a golf ball that flies shorter than the one you're playing now? Did that come up? Checks, notes, checks, notes. No. No, yeah, I don't, no. I don't think No, I didn't know. obsolete. I was in a uh yeah. you know, we I, just, I don't think that comes up at the amateur level where they're just like, Yeah, we were uh we yeah, could well, make your life better with a, f- a shorter flying golf ball. No, we uh, so we hit roughly 120 ball speed on the seven iron, then six iron maintained that gap. By the time we got to the five iron, couldn't do it. Mm. So everybody, right? Even even touring professionals, you should have gone to a 350. Probably should have gone right to yeah. a 350. 350. For some reason or another, right? For most of us amateurs, it's going to be somewhere in there. But you don't have enough swing speed to generate the launch trajectory and spin that you need to. So you say, okay, let's let technology do that for you instead. So went to the T200 five iron and I was able to maintain that separation from four, I'm sorry, from five iron to six iron to seven iron. So we went there, didn't do a four iron because that's going to be my hybrid seven wood type of uh, uh, utility iron potentially kind of spot. So didn't, didn't worry about that. Anyway, there's other details. Take a look at the article if you want to, or let me know if you have questions, because I'd be happy to address any of those. Buy or sell, Tony. Speed golf, I need to know pro or con. What do you think here? Did you see the new Canadian Open logo? No. Oh, my word. I'm going to tell you I am super pro. Uh, this it has. It's kind of this working graphic where they take the eye and... Uh, the eye is the winning putt from last year. That may nothing. or may not have been As you've described by, it, that looks good, though. That, that may or may not good. have been hit by a, a uh, Canadian tour golfer, Nick. Was that Corey Connors? Or no, no, it was Nick. Okay. It was Nick. Is Corey Connors even Canadian? I think he is. He should have been, <laughs> okay. he should have been on the Ryder Cup team. We could have uh, used him. We he is Canadian, so all right. I just <laughs> two Canadian golfers, and I got it wrong. <laughs> I, it's close enough. Um, did you hear about Patrick Fitzpatrick? Patrick Fitzpatrick. Patrick. Matt, Patrick. Fitz, I can't. Patrick Fitz. Matt. Whoever. Uh, but you, know, you got it. Like I saw, I glanced that I was trying to track down this ball stuff, but like. As I understand it, he ratted out Colin Morikawa for something. That's yeah. I was like handwritten note something on his green book which you can't do it's two-stroke penalty uh buy or sell matt fitzpatrick is a snitch well yes but rules are rules and it's that's one of these things it's like oh we've got a rule and it's probably a dumb rule but it's still a rule and yeah he snitched he probably could have let it go but am or- i am i I'm not super upset about it. Nah, I think you bring it to the player's attention, let them know, whatever, again. uh, Protect the field, though. I I hear you. uh, Will he get stitches? One way to find out. One way to find out. I do know you would not want to poke the face of the head of security for the Philadelphia Eagles, though. I would (laughs) definitely not do that because you might end up with stitches. Puma slipstream shoes. Ricky's. Limited edition. Puma does a lot of cool limited edition stuff. Buying or selling those? Oh, Buying or selling them? What do you think? I'm selling them. Selling them? Not your wheelhouse? No. I mean, they're not, you know, I guess second look, I like them more than I did, but still yeah. no. Maybe not your flavor. Yeah. You're going to you're gonna stick with the, 
the ping Hideyoki um, kind of stuff instead. That's kind of where you're gonna. Uh, you know that Puma G series is just not my thing. So. <laughs> all right, how about this? We saw Tiger played all four rounds, ended up even par, a lot of good, plenty of bad, but physically he made it through and has talked about this idea of one tournament a month even. So we could even see Tiger teed up six, eight uh, times, something like that. Tiger will win a tournament in 2024. Nope. No chance. Zero. Zero. I guess it's Tiger. There's always a chance, but I'm still coming in at zero. That's how many. I think... Goose egg. If I were betting, I'm going to bet with you. However, the optimist in me likes to think everything kind of needs to coalesce. A lot of things need to go right, I think, for him to win. Obviously, his health. Um, you point to Augusta, given the course knowledge and those types of things. Got to um, walk it. So that's the health part. I think weather can be a factor. With the, like, like I said... Things just have to really kind of line up. If they do, you can't count them out. You can't count them. People have done that all the time. He, he, he won a major on a broken leg. For goodness sake, Tony. Yeah, but now he's got to win on, you on know, broken... effectively half a leg. Well, you know, he's got fused body parts and things. But... Yeah, it's uh, it's tough. I know. I know we all Come want on. to. Still like to see Tiger win something or everything, but I think at some point like, the the right. odds are are declining. Odds are declining. That's fair. Professional golf is at a crossroads. This time, if we look back at professional golf in one year from now, we will have crossed the Rubicon. It cannot go back in any direction from whence it came. It's at a crossroads. We're getting there between PGA Tour and Live, and now this this ball rollback, which is you know probably when all is said and done, as the USGA stuff typically does, is actually probably going to be more impactful at the amateur level now than at the pro level. But yeah, I mean, I think I think there's a lot of flux right now. Um, it's yeah, John Rahm's kind of a linchpin in some of this, and then yeah, John Rahm, PIF PGA merger potentially, whatever, uh, other investment possibilities in this for-profit entity of the PJ Tour ecosystem. Ball rollback, players joining and leaving, uh, you know, policy board type implications, the separation of the haves and have-nots on the PGA Tour. Those are all, if it were just one of those, I think golf would be at a crossroads, but it's all of them kind of coming to a head at the same time, or at least in the same era. Um, I think professional golf may look drastically different in a year. Yeah. It's, it's, I mean, unless, unless you really, and I get there's some people that, that do, and that's fine. Unless you really love like the live viewership experience, there's nothing going on with any of this that, that makes it fundamentally better at our end of the conversation to sit back and watch any of it. So. Right. Right. It it really does feel like like a case of like no good can come of the chaos. So, but something's going to come of it, which is, you know, like there's going to be, I think that's the fascinating part to me. Decisions have to be made. Something has to happen. Rom either goes or he doesn't. They either merge or they don't. The ball's either rolled back for everybody or it isn't at some point, right? There have to be decisions made, and the results of those decisions are going to be fascinating. Um, so we'll stay tuned on all of that stuff, and we're going to have more to talk about. But I want to get into wedge fitting a little, a couple of these other uh, things, and then all of our big, big burning questions on rollback stuff. If you want to stick around to the after show, please do. We're going to talk through all that. If you don't, peace. See you next time. Hang tight. There you go. There you go. All right. Solid 10 to 15 minutes here. Yeah, we got 15 minutes before my next meeting. So, Oh, we got 15 minutes. Here we go. So let's talk uh, after after show. Thanks for sticking around, people. I, uh, yeah, Tony and I both, believe it or not, wore some clothing with specific messaging. Tony's may be a little 
less thinly veiled than mine. Uh, I bought this at Dick's. Anybody can get this. <laughs> well, you definitely bought it at Dick's. That's uh, doesn't, that doesn't surprise me. I wore an LP, my LPGA sweatshirt worn because I like it. I uh, I like that it did, but um, we haven't even talked. I bet the I bet the LPGA is just frothing at the mouth to have the golf ball rolled back forced well, upon. Well, Jesus. so. This is so. I want to talk about this kind of. What are our biggest burning questions? Because some of these may be answered again by the time this airs. Great. My hunch is a lot of these questions won't be answered um, because there's no shortage of questions, and even with a straightforward announcement, that kind of starts that Q and A process, and um, so. Let's just kind of go back and forth. Give me your first question. What are, what are your uh, what's your biggest uh, or most? I, I, impact, I keep you know? coming back to why. Like it's this whole idea of define. It's it's all about course obsolescence, right? We're going to render these old venues obsolete. What does that mean? Define obsolete. Mm-hmm. Does it mean tour? It's unplayable for the tour. Does it mean we don't like the score? Does it mean we just don't like the way golf looks? When when power is the element that it is today, I, I yeah, mm-hmm. why just why? Yeah, help define. And then why why shove it down everybody's throat? Because you've got you know what percent of the golfing population obsoleting what percentage of course less than one, less than one. Everybody right. suck it. <laughs> yeah, I. I think Ridiculous. my biggest my biggest question uh, right now, as it stands today, is how is this a benefit to the amateur golfer? That's and, an easy one to answer. Well, there it's not. It's not, and that I posed this question on Twitter. I put it out there. Haven't gotten any meaningful pieces of objective again, just from a decision making standpoint, and in the. Let's say we just took it out of the golf ball realm for any second. Say that you were trying to decide whether to add another room to your house or buy a new house. Or you were trying any other kind of decision, right? And and you look at it and say, okay, 99.x% of my constituents are this group of people. And I need to be able to answer the question... How is this better for them? So take you, take your family. Say, hey, I'm gonna, I'm gonna pull. Let's just say you had ten people living in your house. Damn, I, I nearly do. So that's <laughs> let's take ten people living in my house, and and nine of them, I can't justify how anything is going to be better for them. So yeah, I, I'm gonna do this anyway, but I don't, I can't tell you how or why this is gonna be be better for you but i'm, I'm just going to kind of go with it yeah and this is stuff like oh we got to preserve courses and, and the whole sustainability thing where oh well having to build longer and longer courses that it turns out is actually false uh, average course in the last decade 200 yard or yeah 200 yards shorter than it was previously so like some of the stuff they're holding up as arguments for why this has to be done aren't bearing out in the real world and Ultimately, like it was, it was suggested to me. Like, is this just an aesthetic thing? Like, they don't like it when the the ball goes so far up the fairway. They don't like it when the scorecard has something in the low sixties instead of high sixties on it. All these things. They don't like it when guys are are hitting wedges into greens instead of five irons. Which you know, Lucian Thagner has plenty of data that that suggests that's not actually what happens anyway. But these are kind of the arguments. It's. They just don't like the way it looks. Is that a real possibility? Yeah. We I, go back to like we go back to the previous equipment changes that the big ones in my time, right? Oh, groove rule. We don't like rule. that professionals spin the, the ball back so much. So let's make this universal change. Has had zero impact on the professional game, by the way. Has certainly hurt amateurs. Right. Anchor band. We don't like the way this looks. Unfair advantage. Again, no data to support that it provided an unfair advantage. Didn't like the way it looked. Right. Zero, near zero impact on tour, hurt a lot of amateurs who struggle with their putting who are anchoring. So this seems to be kind of what the USGA and RNA do is like, let's go after a perceived problem at the tour level and then use it to inadvertently hose the guys that actually play golf the other 99.99%. 
it's yeah don't get me i'm, I'm already started <laughs> yeah I, I, it's a clown means... car like you know there's big ben oh look big ben look big, it's big, big ben, ben. Around... <laughs> Come on. which leads me to my second question is could we agree to a working set of facts and probably not and, and and that's been a struggle for me is yeah you hear the conjecture right and you get people screaming about you know whether it's golden era golf courses or um the you know the jeff shackelfords of the world that want to reduce the conversation and kind of paint it you know entirely with one brush can we agree to a certain set of facts? Things like uh, last year on the PGA Tour, more courses were played under 7,000 yards than over 7,400. Impossible. Impossible. I think Lou, Lou Stagner again tweeted that out. And, and I may not be right on the 7,400. Maybe it's 75 or 7,450. The point was and is... I it, it it makes me want to dig more into just what are the actual facts like when people say oh the golf ball has gotten faster it hasn't the velocity at which a golf ball that how a golf ball conforms to the velocity test that's two decades old. It's the yeah, golf and ball. It's a lot. I've said this before. It is a lot harder. It is a lot harder to work around that rule and and find little loopholes here and there than it is for drivers and you know kind of that space between core and CT that we talk about. It's it's pretty rigid. Mm -hmm. So you know mm -hmm. it's a lot of yeah. All right, let's maximize distance, but then let's get it to fly and spin like we want. And then usually when you do that, you you have or you're no longer maximizing distance, right? So, so the golf yeah. ball, these so these sets of facts, like I would just be interested, like just again, as much as you could. Here's a fact grass are, is longer, uh, right? Or shorter than it was years ago. Yep. And when did they start mowing and these mm -hmm. things? And so that's a question I have that I think would be really interesting. Just let's just create a list of and I'm talking facts like, you know the solars like we revolve around the sun type of facts we're okay fine if you're going to disagree with that whatever but just facts that 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 everybody should have to agree to in order to maybe have a seat at the table and to discuss these things like what are those facts that's one question my ladies the reason i'm wearing the sweatshirt what do you do for people that are maybe already playing at the most forward tee box. My daughters, and I think I think it was actually uh, Stinas uh, um, that posted some of the stuff on, on Twitter that got me thinking about beginning golfers, people with lower swing speeds, um, et cetera. Very good. Yeah, in many cases, like if you're going to take – Call it, call it 10 yards, right? Whatever, whatever, it whatever. Out to yeah. be. And then do it again on the next shot and maybe the one after that because beginning golfers are probably hitting three approaches or a drive and two approaches, right? There's days I'm hitting three approaches. Yeah, these these tee boxes don't exist. And so now it, it's, it's very interesting, right? You make the sustainability argument, but overlook the fact that you're going to have to build way more forward tee tee boxes to keep people where they are today than you would back tee boxes to accommodate distance. So again, yeah, so that's a question I have is the, the quick answer, right? We've seen again, the post and thing. Oh, well, geez, how hard is it to just move up a tee deck? Yeah. What, where, uh, where, what, what happens when it's not, that's, there? that's not the question you're asking the wrong question. The question is where do I move to when there isn't one? And Who's going to pay to produce, maintain, create that one? Oh, and by the way, fairly certain the architect didn't intend for that additional tee box to be there. So now are we violating the uh, you know the architect's original intention of the entire course design? Because now 
I can't play, and 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 we want to welcome golfers to the con conversation. And 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 to me, I'm going to file a lot of these questions under kind of the externalities of a new rule, meaning it's often the unintended consequences that end up really defining how successful something is or or isn't uh, to a degree. And you can't anticipate unintended consequences because they're mm. unintended. <laughs> so where where do we potentially go with that? Give me one more question you have, and then I'll finish with one more of mine. Yeah, I, I'm very anxious to see, like, what's the number, right? At, at every swing speed or every swing speed bucket, how much? Because that's, that's ultimately, from the golfer's perspective, the only thing that matters is how much distance am I losing? The rest mm -hmm. is background noise. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. My my final question is is this is are we going to accept universal arguments that this may become uh, that might become a precedent throughout this process? And what I mean by that specifically is take for example, there are people saying Rory said this uh, the other day, and, and I take huge issue with with this. I hate. Basically, amateurs aren't going to notice. You're not going to notice the distance you lose. Therefore, it's not an issue. I mean, that's the, that's always the argument, right? I'm not good enough to notice, so it doesn't matter. When, in fact, you know, all the data suggests if you have to effectively play a longer hole, that's going to have an impact on your score. So whether you implicitly notice or explicitly notice that the ball isn't going as far, it's still not going as far, and that's going to impact the bottom line, which is yeah. your score. Yeah, so to so, me, the precedent is, are we going to accept fundamentally flawed lines of reasoning? And if so, do we get to apply those when it benefits a, a certain... Yeah, I mean, I'll leave it with this. Leave it right here, know. right? So, the you know, obviously, golf companies have done some prototype testing based sure. on what they think this is going to happen. And they've, they've gone out and tested in the field with real golfers. And when it comes down to the, you know, does the distance matter? The feedback was basically this. Uh, everybody noticed a difference and nobody liked it. So thank you, USGA and RNA. You're doing a hell of a job. Yeah. Yeah. And with that, stay tuned. There will be more. We'll have more information. And as soon as we do, We'll share it with you. Until next time, we out.